Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live, and I will be taking your questions and your prayer requests. I will be your host. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. I have the privilege to host on Mondays and on Tuesdays, and there's been a few times I've uh, have substituted for some of the other guys on other days, but you'll hear me on Mondays and Tuesdays. And then my good friend Ed Taylor, Calvary Church in Aurora, where Grace FM originates, uh, does Wednesdays and Thursdays. And then Nick Cady uh, on Fridays and other individuals, pastors, uh, also fill in from time to time. So we're so blessed, um, so blessed to be with you, so blessed to be a part of your lives, especially during this season of what we see going on and how there is a pause not only in our own lives, but in our churches and in our communities and in our state, in our nation and the whole world. Absolutely amazing, uh, incredible, the days in which we are living in. And uh, I think that as we were talking about yesterday, Uh, that uh, is so important for us as the church, first of all, to be light. One of the things that, as I was preparing this, we're going through Matthew's gospel, is that it tells us when Jesus began his Galilean ministry, that the people sat in darkness and have seen a great light, and those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. And, you know, the Galilee region at that time had years of history of the Gentiles being there, and that's why the Galilee region was despised by those in Jerusalem and uh, Phoenicians and the Syrians and the Romans and, you know, the trade and everything coming in. And, and Jesus didn't pick Jerusalem to go and dwell. He picked that place where all kinds of different people and different backgrounds and um, all kinds of uh, different experiences were. And so um, we right now in this time, or to be a light, and to know that the light will dawn as we share the light of Jesus Christ with others in this dark time. So we want to be a part of your lives. We want to encourage you. We want to answer any questions that you might have. That's the heart of Calvary Live here to pray with you, to encourage you in any way that we can in the Lord. So the uh, we invite you to call in at 303-690-3000. That is the call-in number. 303-690-3000. And then there's the second means to be able to text a question or to uh, ask for prayer. And that is a dedicated text line. And that is 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. That has been uh, lately a 24-hour prayer line. So day or night, you can text in a prayer request, and there will be pastors uh, from Calvary Church that will be uh, responding, and, and, and it will be uh, forwarded to a prayer team 
And so please use that text line. Uh, during this hour of Calvary Live, uh, if you put in a prayer request, we will pray for you over the air. And then also, if you got any questions, we will go to the text line. So I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the front range here in Colorado. We pray that you're well, you're, you're healthy. Uh, those of you in West Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs, as you're listening on 101.7, so blessed to hear from you guys. Um, got so many friends and brothers down there that I've ministered with. Appreciate you guys. Love to hear from you guys. And then also up here in the metro area on north up into southern Wyoming, uh, 89.7. And so welcome. We got a beautiful day today. Certainly spring uh, is arriving. The trees are budding out. The grass is starting to green. And it's a wonderful time of the year uh, as far as the season. But maybe not as much as our spiritual season. Uh, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you have anxiety. Maybe uh, you're just wondering. Uh, and it is uh, these times being uncertain uh, that it is difficult for us to uh, to make plans, to make decisions. And so we want to be an encouragement to, to you in any way that we can. So the calling number is 303-690-3000. We got all open lines. I'd sure love to hear from you, see how you're doing. Um, how the Lord is ministering to you during this time, what he's showing you, uh, perhaps uh, how you've been ministered to uh, by brothers and sisters in the Lord. Uh, so uh, you can encourage those who are wondering, what can I do? And am I making a difference? And uh, how can I minister to others? It, it would be an encouragement to them. We really need each other right now, uh, folks. We need to um, be in touch with each other. And as I mentioned yesterday, the four things that was taking place since the beginning of the church, and that is the teaching of the Word of God and breaking bread and fellowship is the one thing that is missing along with prayer. Uh, we can pray, and we are to do that. We can continue with the Word of God, with the technology that we have. We're able to share the Word of God online uh, in our online services. Um, and uh, breaking bread, I would encourage you, Serve your family communion, um, and we're going to be coming up soon to the first of the month, and uh, you can do that, and you can lead your family in communion. Fellowship is something that we haven't been able to do face-to-face, -face, but we are able to do uh, as we come together in social media or with the technology that we have. We're very thankful, and uh, we can come together with one heart and one accord and one spirit, but it, it's still hard that we can't see each other face-to-face. And so it's important for us to have shows like this, Calvary Live, where we can pray for one another, encourage one another. So please give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And that's the call-in number. That's really the heart of this show for you to call in and for us to have a conversation. And if you're out there, uh, I'd love to talk with you, encourage you. I also want to welcome all the uh, listeners on the East Coast that are listening on Truth FM and on Hope FM in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Maryland and parts of Kentucky and Tennessee and elsewhere, uh, you too can call it that number, 303-690-3000. You can be on the air. You can talk. It is a week delayed as you're listening on those radio stations or any other uh, radio stations that might be carrying Calvary Live, but also uh, the online listeners. As you're listening on your smartphones or tablets, 
to the app. I would encourage you to download the Grace FM app. Very easy. Just push in Grace FM. You can download it. It's free. And not only listening to Calvary Live, but great Bible teaching 24-7. Our program, Under the Fig Tree, uh, radio program, is on right before Calvary Live on Grace FM at 3.30. Hope you're blessed as you listen to it. And uh, so glad that we can be on during this time and uh, to continue to uh, give the truth of God's Word and the Gospel through the radio program and also as I host Calvary Live uh, but uh, download the Grace FM app. And then those of you who are listening on the Grace FM website on your computers, welcome. We have those who listen from all over the country. Uh, we have those right now that are listening from Texas, and uh, we have some from Washington. We're praying for you guys. I know you guys have been hit hard with the COVID-19 up in Washington. We have uh, some from Nebraska and on the East Coast. Um, the Midwest and Kansas and Oklahoma and Nebraska. We welcome you to today's program. And uh, so we want um, to uh, welcome all of you that are listening here today. We got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, 720-336-0897 is the text line, 24 7 prayer line that you can give a prayer request, but during this show, uh, we will be praying for you for those prayer requests that come in. And so let's get the phones ringing, and let's go to David in Littleton. Hi, David. Hi there, Pastor. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Heading home after a long shift. Uh, I'm an EMS worker, and I want to say it's just as hard for us in this time that we do need each other. You know, usually we try to read body language, you know, with patients that we have or try to uh, talk to them and ease them in understanding and it's harder with masks and other barriers between us. So I yeah. uh, just want to encourage everybody that we need to look out for our neighbors. We need to be the good Christians to hold on each other's hands and look out for each other as well. And just want to encourage everybody just to pray over each other and over uh, all the hard workers out there, including the MS, fire, police, doctors, nurses, the guys who are out there uh, helping us out. You know, I appreciate your word, uh, David. I appreciate what you do, your service, your commitment, and you guys are on the front lines. Um, so grateful more than ever for uh, what you do for our communities, uh, the EMS, firefighters, uh, paramedics, uh, um, the healthcare uh, providers, those in the nursing homes. Uh, those in the ER, uh, in the hospitals, nurses and doctors and other support staff, so many that you guys are our heroes right now. And we just want to let you know, David, that we appreciate you so much and what all you guys are doing. And that also includes those who are working retail. We appreciate you so much, those of you working in the stores and um, those of you who are stocking the shelves. Those of you who are, you know, driving the delivery trucks, and um, <clears throat> you guys are such a tremendous blessing. So, David, I want to pray for you, for all those who are on the front lines, and I appreciate your call and the reminder that we do need each other. Uh, the church needs uh, each other, and then the world needs the church right now. So, Father, I thank you for David, what he does. I thank you for his work as the EMS. Uh, I pray that you would just protect him and his colleagues. 
uh, all of the first responders, the paramedics, uh, firefighters, uh, officers, uh, we have seen those who have passed away uh, in Colorado because of the COVID-19. Um, I know that there's deputies up here in Well County that have been affected by it and tested positive. We pray for those doctors and nurses. We pray for those who um, are in the healthcare facilities, uh, taking care of our seniors. We pray for protection upon them. I know that they're tired. I know that they're discouraged, perhaps anxious, because not only do they go and serve those in those facilities and in our community, but then they go home to their families. And I know that there's concern about uh, keeping their families safe. So I pray for uh, your peace to be upon their hearts, that you would keep them healthy. Father, I pray that you would encourage them because I know that they're tired. Those in the grocery stores, those who are driving delivery trucks, those who are doing curbside services and, and providing food for us, we thank you that they're willing to put themselves out there to serve their communities. And Father, I do want to pray for the church right now. I pray that we wouldn't be silent. I pray that we would be a light, even as Jesus, when he went into the area of Galilee, that the light has dawned, and they, people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And Lord, that we would be that light in this time of darkness right now. That Lord, that you would just help us to, to Lord, look up and then look around and to reach out to know that there are people to pray for, there are people that we can encourage, maybe on the phone, write a note to, uh, that we can bless, that we have uh, a glorious message to give, and that is that you are sovereign and that you are working and that you sit on the throne and you have a glorious, glorious plan that's going to unfold. And so I pray for wisdom and guidance and direction in every way, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Thank David. You, Pastor. You be safe, okay? God bless you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your service. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And love to hear from you. And uh, 720-336-0897 is the text line for you to be able to text in a question or for a prayer request. And, um, and so I just want to read um, that somebody text in. Thank you for all you do for the kingdom of God. Two-part question. Paul in the New Covenant talks about Acts 22, verse 23 and 25. He talks about for the Gentile believers that they should do what we uh, already told them in a letter. They should abstain from eating foods offered to idols, from consuming blood or to meat strangled to animals. How does that fit for us today as believers? Um, I'll answer that part. Actually, and I think of uh, Acts chapter 15 when this whole issue came up with um, believers um, that um, were Gentile believers and they were eating meat offered to idols, it was a stumbling particularly to the Jews. And we know that uh, that, that became an issue in the early church. That Paul addresses our, our liberty in the book of 1 Corinthians, also in the book of Romans. And he says that we are to... Uh, in our liberty, that we are to um, act to others, towards others, with sensitivity and with love. And he would say in Acts chapter 15 in the Jerusalem Council that this issue came up. Do they need to be circumcised? Do they need to keep the law of Moses? And we know that they came with um, that what we're going to tell these Gentile believers as we're led by the Holy Spirit, 
you abstain from things offered to idols. That was for the sake of sensitivity and love, uh, that you don't stumble the weaker brother, and, and that's the guideline. Um, and it wasn't a, a, an issue of dietary laws that they couldn't eat meat. It was an issue of being sensitive to the weaker brother. And in our liberty and in our freedom, we don't want to stumble the weaker brother or sister. Uh, we don't want us, um, to stumble their faith. And so in those issues of where we feel we have liberty or freedom, um, we want to uh, make sure that we don't do that. And that's what the whole issue was with me offered idols. Uh, the second question um, in verse 23, I'm going to go to Acts 22 and look at that. And uh, I might have to look at it for a minute. And in verse 23, um, and they listened to Paul. I'm going back to verse 22 until his word. And then they raised their voices to sit away with such a fellow um, from the earth. And for he is not fit to live, and they cry out and tore their clothes off and threw dust into the airs. Um, to reach the Jewish Christian, how does that fit in today for Messianic Jews today? And um, and thank you so much. And Teresa, I'm not quite sure where you're going with that. Um, the Jewish Christians, how does that fit in today with Messianic Jews today? We're to witness to everybody. I'll just say that. Um, and uh, whether it's Jew, Gentiles, whoever, anybody that's uh, Buddhist, um, that's uh, a Muslim, we have a message, one message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so if you want some further clarification, Teresa, just give me a text and I'll try to, to look at that uh, a little bit better for you. Uh, another prayer request has come in. Pray for my son who's smoking marijuana. Ma marijuana excuse me and um and so uh, my daughter who's a prodigal and so lord as we just pray right now as we just pray for this family that um has a son that <laughs> is turning to marijuana um and there's some rebellion at home for a daughter who is a prodigal we pray for your intervention into this family lord i pray that you would touch their hearts our young people are being pulled out into the world. Our young people are, are being faced with um, just um, the temptation of sin that is all around. And I just pray that you would touch this family. Be with the parents. Be with them as they minister to their kids. Um, Lord, you know who they are. You know where they live. We pray for your working, that you would soften their hearts and open their eyes spiritually and draw them to yourself, bring salvation to those um, young um, uh, teenagers, and, and Lord, uh, draw them to you. And uh, I pray that um, there would be a turning to you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So maybe you got a prayer request. You'd like to, uh, to text in a prayer, 720-336-0897. And the call-in number is... 303-690-3000, and that is all open lines right now. That is available for you. If you call in, we'll go right to you and love to answer your questions or pray with you or uh, encourage you any way that we can, or perhaps uh, you want to share how the Lord's been ministering to you during this time, and certainly uh, we welcome your call in today. So give me a call. we got all open lines. 
Uh, one of the things that I uh, didn't get a chance really to talk a lot about um, yesterday, first of all, as uh, the governor spoke, as you know, and uh, we are transitioning from a stay at home to a safer at home um, kind of order that has been given. And what that does is open up some businesses, and we're grateful for that. Uh, and uh, it uh, also um, gives some other guidelines for us as um, the desire is to start opening up the con- economy and um, for people to be able to go back to work, and that's what we're praying for. Uh, but it doesn't do a whole lot for us as churches, as meeting. Uh, there is strict guidelines that are still in place that no more than 10 people is what I understand and what I've read, um, that uh, there is still the social distancing, uh, all those different things. So uh, as your church, as well as we here at Calvary Greeley, have been doing online teachings and uh, will continue to do online services, I would encourage you, please, don't tune out. Continue to listen to those online services continue to be plugged into those uh, online services and then be able to share with others that they too can tune in and they can uh, go through uh, the scriptures as as you get them that information. We here at Calvary Chapel Greeley on Sunday mornings are, have picked up our study once again in Matthew's Gospel. And uh, so we're going to go through the Gospel of Matthew chapter by chapter and verse by verse. And so as you talk to your neighbors, as you talk to other family members, pass on that information that, hey, um, we're going to be studying the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus. <clears throat> we're going to be learning about Jesus. It's a great study for them to be able to listen in their homes on their devices. CalvaryChapelGreeley.org is our website. We also have Calvary Chapel Greeley, our Facebook and so continue to pass that information on to others. Also on Wednesday night, tomorrow night, we're going to pick up our study in the book of Jeremiah. We had departed from that study over the last couple of Wednesdays because of Holy Week, and I did a study in John's Gospel in chapter 14 of John that says, don't let your hearts be troubled, Jesus said to his disciples. You believe in God, believe also in me, and in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, and I go and prepare a place for you. And that we know that we don't have to be troubled in our hearts during this time because we have the promise of heaven. Uh, Believe in God, uh, believe in heaven, and we know the way, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is a message that you might want to pass it on to your, your family members and to others. And then also last week I did a prophecy update. There's a huge response to that looking at the signs of the end of the age that Jesus spoke about in all of it discourse. And I want to encourage you to listen to that teaching. Uh, We need to be discerning. We need to keep updated. We need to keep our eyes on him. Jesus said that you be the wise and faithful servant that's looking for the master's return. For I come at a time that you least expect. And as we see the things going on around us, it's all pointing to something. It's all uh, going to be, uh, you know, taking us somewhere. And that is there's going to be a kingdom eventually that's going to come on the scene, God's kingdom. But before that, there's a lot of things that the Bible tells us that will happen that tell us about the end of the age. The signs 
leading to the end of the age, uh, how they're going to culminate in that last final seven-year period called the tribulation period that's going to lead to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so um, we just want to uh, let you know um, about that and listen to that and pass that on. And I'll be doing those prophecy updates um, every so often just to keep us informed and, and to keep our eyes on the Lord. Um, so give me a call. we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Katie and Eaton. Hi, Katie. Hi, How are you today? Long time no talk to you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you called me. I really appreciate it. Well, I was listening, and you didn't have any callers. And there's been, I do have a question I've had for quite a while, but it seems like you're usually so busy. Um, during the millennial reign, when people have lived through the tribulation, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, their bodies will be still bodies, I assume, or regular bodies to that to right. that time. So, what happens when people die during that thousand-year reign? Well, that's a good question, and and during the tribulation period, that those who are going to pass on into the millennium reign, um, we know that in Matthew twenty-five, there's the judgment of the nations, and there's the separation of the sheep and the goats. So those who pass on, and a lot of people are going to be lost. We know uh, during the tribulation period, a lot of the tribulation saints are going to be martyred, as well as many of the Jews. But at the end of the tribulation period, we know that there's going to be some believers that are going to um, be um, survive it. We know that during that time that all of Israel will be saved, the remnant that is there, and uh, they're going to be brought to Jerusalem. So they will go into the millennium reign. And uh, um, I want to share that in the book of Isaiah, it's interesting Uh, that Isaiah chapter 65, it speaks of that there will be death in the millennium reign. It'll be unusual, um, but uh, it does talk about uh, no more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die 100 years old, uh, but the sinner being 100 years old shall be a a, a curse. It, it, It speaks about in chapter 65, uh, verse 20, that there will be death. It will be unusual. So when they die, obviously, uh, that they will go on into um, heaven. And we know that the resurrection speaks of uh, the physical body, you know, the new heavenly body. Our bodies it happens at different times at the uh, rapture of the church, the church being raptured before the tribulation, at the end of the tribulation period, um, and then also um, that it will take place at the end of the millennium reign because those who do go through the millennium reign are going to need their new heavenly bodies as well. So um, they will go on into heaven. And, um, and, uh, and then here's the thing. We as the church, we're going to be ru- ruling and reigning with Christ. I don't know exactly what we're going to be doing. So going to look something like that, Katie. Yeah, and I, I think I understand that, but I, I guess I thought in the during that thousand year reign there there will be babies born and certainly they'll grow up and then they isn't that a time where they again have an opportunity to either worship God or not? So if, well, if yeah. 
So That's if they true. don't and they die, then is that a heaven-hell destination in the millennial yeah, because, reign, or is there another judgment, per se? Well, what happens is is um, at the end of the millennium reign, as you read the book of Revelation, chapter 20, that there will be a um, last rebellion by Satan. Satan's going to be let out, and a whole lot of people are going to join in in that rebellion. And then the Lord's going to squash that rebellion, and we know that um, they will be sentenced to outer darkness eventually. There's a great white throne that takes place right after that. So that's what that's what's going to take place, that rebellion, which is hard to understand that people would do that when Jesus is sitting on the throne. So that's what's going to take place. Does that help, Katie? Yeah, yeah. I, you know. why, don't, why don't you hang on? Let's, let's go over it again when we come to the other side of the break, all right? Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. Always blessed to be with you to take your questions and your prayer requests. So we got a couple open lines, and um, well, they are filling up. So, but try to give me a call three zero three six nine zero three thousand, and the text line is seven two zero three three six. 0897, and that is, as you just heard, if you're listening to Grace FM, that is a 24-7 text line that you can uh, text in a prayer request. So day or night, text in a prayer request because um, we need prayer, and and a pastor will respond to you from Calvary Church in Aurora and follow up with you, and then it will be passed on to a prayer team. So that's open 24-7 during this show as you text in a prayer request. Uh, we will uh, pray for you as we have time. But I was talking with Katie. Katie, you still there? Yes, I am. Okay, Katie. Right before, sorry we had that break, but um, I think you kind of wanted to follow up on what you were asking. You know, that's that's okay, Pastor. You had you explained <laughs> it very well. And uh, human minds, we just want to know everything. And some things I think we're just supposed to take in faith and wait till we get there. And, well, you know, uh, and I'm content with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Katie, it's a good question because that gets asked. Um, everybody thinks that the millennium reign is actually heaven, and it's not heaven. That's the thing that we need to remember. It's a utopia. I think it is going to be the way that God intended before the fall. But, the, you know, he's going to rule, when you think about it, Katie, uh, like in Psalm 2, when it talks about um, the reigning Messiah, he's going to rule with the rod of iron. That is going to be an enforced righteousness. Uh, righteousness will cover the earth as waters cover the sea, as Isaiah says. But there is going to be people that have to make up their minds. They're going to have to submit to the Lord. And you got Jesus that's reigning. Um, righteousness covers the earth as waters cover the sea. And yet it still shows us, doesn't it, Katie, the hardness of men's heart? Because at the end, as Satan is let out, they've never had a decision to make a decision whether they're going to follow uh, Satan and rebel against God or they're going to submit to God. And it's amazing that Revelation chapter 20 tells us that 
many from every tribe, tongues, people, and nation are going to join in in that rebellion. It's not going to go very far. Uh, with the breath, you know, of God, He will consume them, and then, um, then at that time, uh, we know that Satan will be cast into outer darkness. And then, right after that, the heavens and the earth, as we now know them, are going to dissolve, disappear, and then the great white throne judgment which is called the second resurrection, and the unrighteous dead are going to be resurrected at that time. Those who have rejected the Lord, they will stand before the great white throne judgment, and they will be cast into outer darkness. They will be sentenced um, for uh, their rejection for Jesus Christ. So it's really heavy stuff, but that's what's coming down the pipe, and that's what the Bible says. Well, I believe it, and I thank you very much, Pastor, for your time. You bet, Katie. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Give me a call as we have an open line, but let's go to Dustin, who's on line two. Hi, Dustin. (laughs) Hi. How are you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing, I've been doing pretty good, um. Are you hanging in there? Yeah, yeah, things have been going good. At least we got some good weather, you know. That's good. Be good. <laughs> that helps, doesn't it? Better than last yeah. week. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, we had that was kind of we usually do get some storms like that here in Colorado too, so We do. We do. So you got a question for me? Uh, oh yeah, I was just well, I've just been wondering um about um something that I've kind of been wrestling with for a while and I've just been, you know, studying, doing studies. And so I guess my thing is for the most part, I generally agree with pre-tribulation rapture, you know, and about, and, um, you know, just about how Jesus comes back for his church before he comes back again, you know? Um, right. Well, I, I guess the thing I've, I've, just been wrestling with just from like reading the scriptures though of like and all the stuff that's going on right now uh i guess my question would be like what would you say to someone who thought because i i've just been wrestling with like what if what if like revelation six was i mean i don't what if you if revelation six was like happening sooner like or even like at the beginning stages of now and i mean like what 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 I guess what's the scriptural basis that says that that just some more some more encouragement about the rapture the, of the church. But does the rapture happen the before? Like how, how do we know that the church isn't gonna go through the tribulation and that we're gonna go yeah. through all the things that the Bible talks about in Revelation six and right. you know on. Right. And those are very good questions, Dustin, and I think people are wondering about that. There is some teaching out there that is saying that Revelation chapter 6, that we're in that period of time, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, the fourth seal, um, that uh, we are in that time right now. I do not believe that we are. Here's the thing about why, because Dustin, I had to wrestle with that. I had to, even as a Bible teacher, I had to settle in my heart do I believe that the church is going to be raptured before the tribulation period? And so searching the scriptures, the more that I searched it, the more that I was convinced that as you look at the, the, the doctrine of the rapture, 
you look at that doctrine of imminent return, that right there was a big one for me. And also in, um, for example, Revelation chapter 3, verse 16, I believe, is where um, Jesus gave that promise to the church of Philadelphia that he said, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial or tribulation, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. So that promise was given to that church that I will keep you, not that I'm going to keep you through, I'm going to keep you out of and away from the hour of tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. There's only one time that I know that there's going to be tribulation upon the whole earth. We can say that there is right now, but it's the tribulation period. I think the other thing, too, is understanding the prophetic timeline. So you might want to look at Daniel chapter 9, the prophecy of the 70 weeks of Daniel. And in that, Daniel is told by the angel Gabriel that 70 weeks or 70 periods of seven years are determined for your people, Daniel, and for your holy city. And in that, we know that he gives the the prophecies of after 69 weeks coming to Messiah. But then in the one week that is left, it begins with the one, the Antichrist, who's going to confirm a covenant with Israel for one week. That correlates with Revelation chapter 6. So Revelation chapter 6, what we see is it begins that period called the Tribulation period with the Antichrist coming on the scene. But when it comes to the church, we don't have the church mentioned in in chapter 6 through 18. Jesus said, I come when you least expect it. Be watching, be waiting. Um, There's uncertainty. There's the doctrine of imminent return. In other words, what we see is the Lord says that he can come at any moment. I come when you least expect. When it comes to the second coming of Jesus Christ, we know when that's going to come, don't we, Dustin? Yeah. It's going to come at the end of the tribulation period. So we have a timetable for that. Um, 1,260 days after the abomination of desolation, according to Daniel's prophecy. So that doctrine of imminent return, and then there's some other comparisons that we are going to, in the second coming, Jesus comes back to this earth. In the rapture of the church spoken of, of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that we're going to meet him in the air. I believe that Jesus spoke about it in John chapter 14 as well. He said, I'm going to come, receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So we are going to come. He's going to um, come for us, and then we're going to go back to heaven with him. But as I compare the two, there is the the you know suddenness of the rapture of the church. There is a timetable in the second coming of Jesus Christ. I don't see that where the rapture takes place in the tribulation period. He promises that we're not to obtain wrath, but we are to obtain salvation. That he said that we're not children of the night, uh, but of the day. And he goes on, and he, you know, you you read what Paul writes about, and I really believe that he would teach a pre-tribulation teaching to the church at Thessalonica. And he said, you're not children of the night, you're children of the day. Be watching, be sober. 
Um, be vigilant is what he says in that. So there's always that the church is told to be waiting, to be watching, because it can happen at any moment. And in all five chapters of First Thessalonians, we see that Paul, he writes to them, wait for his son from heaven. Uh, wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing, he writes to Titus. You know, so there's always the early church, they were looking for the return of the Lord. And so that's why I believe that that we're not going to go through that time of tribulation. Um, we're promised that we're going to be taken out of and away from the hour of tribulation. Mm, yeah. Amen. <laughs> and and the other thing, Dustin, we are not in chapter 6 of the book of Revelation. Please, those of you who are listening, there's teaching out there right now that's saying that we're in Revelation chapter 6. There was teachings before that, Dustin, that said, oh, you know, this conjunction of planets are going to come together, and it's going to be a fulfillment of Revelation chapter 12. That's in the middle of the tribulation period, so you got to keep everything in its context. The tribulation begins with the Antichrist on the scene. Do you see the Antichrist on the scene? I don't. I don't see a world leader who is an economic leader, uh, a political leader, a religious leader, and a you know military leader who's made a covenant with Israel for one week. I haven't seen the rider riding on a white horse. He's going to come with lying signs and wonders. Matter of fact, Paul the Apostle writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that the church, which is a restraining factor, that the lawless one, which is another name for the Antichrist, will not be able to come on the scene until he is taken out of the way. That's speaking of the Holy Spirit indwelling the church. Once we're taken out of the way, can you imagine what this world would be like if all the Christians were gone? Then the Antichrist is going to come on the scene. But nowhere in the Scriptures do we see that the church is to be looking for the Antichrist. We are always told that we are to be looking for Jesus Christ because he can come at any moment. So the study that I've done, I'm more convinced that the Lord can come in any moment. And, um, and John says that he who has this hope purifies himself. And so, in other words, if we are living dust in every day that perhaps, we don't know the day or the hour, but perhaps maybe today, even today, the one that I love and the one who died for me and rose from the grave and has given me a living hope, that maybe he might come for me. John says he who has that hope purifies himself. In other words, you're going to be living for the Lord every single day. You're not going to be living for the world, but my Lord can come for me. So hopefully that's an encouragement to you, Dustin. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I recently read a lot of those scriptures as well. So, I mean, like, yeah, that is... That is amazing. They and that they they said that it's like a, a mystery in First uh, Corinthians fifteen. You know, yeah, we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. You know, not in the blink of an eye, in the twinkling of an eye, the speed of light, and we are going to be before the Lord, gazing into His eyes. And I can't wait till that happens. Dustin, take care. Okay, God bless you. All right. Appreciate it. 303-690-3000. We got an open line. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Dwayne. Hi, Dwayne. Hello. How you doing? How are you? Good. How are you? All right. Yeah, all right. No, I mean, hanging in there anyhow. Um, Hang on yeah, to I know Jesus. I called about some, you know, the other problems and stuff I have. I got kind of like a mini praise. It was like, 
over Easter weekend, I was uh, putting in applications and stuff like that. And today, I uh, called uh, was calling some of them back, and uh, I'm not really hearing much. And then when I got off the phone, I was like, "Man, God, I need to need some need to make some money." Then my phone rang, and I delivered flowers for Valentine's Day, and that flower company called me back and said, hey, we got like four days worth of work over uh, Mother's Day uh, weekend available. And I was like, I was like, cool. You know, I was just like, man, that's like a thank you, God. I mean, it's like a mini praise there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and even you know what? I mean, to a lot of people, that ain't like, yeah, a big deal. That's four days. It's like, yeah. That's going. That's gas Absolutely. money and insurance yeah. money and other things. And Dwayne, here's the thing: He cares about every single area of our lives, and we're to give praise to Him in every area of our lives. So, Father, I thank you for Dwayne as he calls and he was looking for work, and he got some good news that he's you know for Mother's Day weekend coming up delivering. But Lord, I just pray you continue to provide for him that he'd look to you. And Lord, a lot of people right now, I just want to pray for all those before we end this hour, for those who are looking for work. Millions and millions of Americans are out of work. And I know that people that I know and love and care for, that that um, that they're, are looking for work right now. And, and Dwayne and, and all across the country. But we just pray for... Lord, just people to be able to go to work, for this economy to start up, to feed our families, to pay our bills. And Lord, I, I thank you for Dwayne. I pray that you would um, just bless him, provide for him, that he keep his eyes on you, all of us would, for your provision and for your love during this time. And Lord, you care about us. You care about every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, brother. Thanks. <laughs> You guys take care out there in the East, okay? All right, Dwayne. Appreciate it. 22 million Americans out of work the last four weeks. More that are being laid off. That It's amazing. In the Prophecy Update, if you listen to it again, org, I kind of give a timeline. On February the 12th, we hit a record high in the stock market. I think it was like the 150th record high uh, under the the president's administration. There was no economy in the world that was as strong as ours, unlike the American economy. More people at work than ever before. That's February 12th. A month later on March 12th, that was the day after the last time that we met here together corporately as a church. That was on a Thursday. That was the highest one day point drop in the history of the stock market. That week was the three largest one day drops in the stock market. One month, people began to lose their jobs. The economy tanked. Um, we no longer could meet as a church. All of a sudden, it happened that quickly, that abruptly. And so, it just absolutely incredible how fast these things have come upon us. And, um, and, you know, one of the things that Jesus talked about um, in his coming, he talked about the certainty of it, but he also talked about the uh, unexpectancy of it. And and so that's why we need to be wise in the days in which we are living in. Things turn so fast. 
And yet we know that the Lord, he's still in control, and he still has a plan ahead of him. 303-690-3000, the call-in number 720-336-0897 is the prayer line. We do want to go to Morgan in Larkspur. Morgan? Hey. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Hanging in there. Hanging on to Jesus, right? Amen. <laughs> what can we do for you? Well, so I work with this individual, and uh, he's an amazing person. really enjoy um, the guy I work with. Uh, it's just he's so caught up in Catholicism. It kind of it bums me out because he's, like, so close to Jesus. It, well, it seems so close to Jesus, but I, I don't really think he understands how far away he is. And I just need you maybe to rattle off. I know we're running out of time, but maybe rattle off some scriptures for me to look up. Um, I keep bringing up Ephesians 2.8 because uh, right. I feel like that tears down a lot of the walls that the Catholic Church is built up being a works-based religion and how it's not focused on us but how Jesus has fulfilled everything, and then that kind of empowers him to live through us and work through us. And then also how, uh, you know, our good works are as filthy rags before God. And just like, there's just so many things. He's grown up in the Catholic faith, so I think that there's a lot of walls. um, Anytime I mention Scripture, he's like, well, we believe, and it's always like a a we thing, and I've asked him several times, like, what do you believe? Like, what what, what specifically do you believe? And when you read Scripture, how, how can you come to that conclusion? He's like, well, we just have different interpretations. And I tell him that, well, Scripture has no private interpretation. You know, the Holy Spirit reveals all these right. to us. Um, so just maybe think, like, maybe that's a little bit of a background of how you can help yeah. help me minister to him and bring him to know that Jesus Christ sure died for him, paid it all, and it's over, and he has mm-hmm. to, he doesn't have to strive anymore. Right. And I think you're on the right track, Morgan, and I think one of the keys, because I had a similar call yesterday, and um, one of the things that I was explaining is I grew up in the Catholic Church. Um, I went to Mass all of my life. My family, all of my family, my extended family went to the Church. I was confirmed. I was an usher boy. Um, so I know a little bit about growing up in the Catholic Church. And in the Catholic Church, you know, um, of course, they're not going to be taught the Scriptures. Um, they're going to be taught the interpretation through the priests or what the Vatican says. Um, and, and so there's a lack of knowledge of really what the Gospel is. I don't remember ever really hearing the Gospel at all. Um, but you're on the right track as far as, you know, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Um, that all of our works, Isaiah 64, are as unclean things or as filthy rags. So those are good verses to share with him. But one of the things that, um, as I, I was talking about yesterday, is have him make sure that he has a Bible Make sure that he has a Bible and and ask him. One thing that you might do is read through John's Gospel. Because I know that, you know, our family was Catholic, and I was explaining yesterday 
Uh, we were so steeped in it. And then I had a sister, an older sister, that started going to a little church called Calvary Chapel. And she kept bugging me about, you know, you need to go, you need to go. And I stopped going. I was in college. I was up here at CSU. I went home. Finally, I went just to shut her up, you know, because she, she was just being persistent to make her happy. And when the Word of God was opened up, and I remember that teaching out of Matthew, it hit me right between the eyes that the Word of God was alive. And I remember reading through John's Gospel and just reading about who Jesus is. So the real key is for them is to see who Jesus is. You know, and, and that's what the Greeks did. They said that we wish to see Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 12. And Jesus said that if, you know, they want to see me, he talks about a grain being buried and then, um, you know, producing grain. Um, he's saying to them that if they really want to see me, they must see me in the light of my death and burial and resurrection. So it's really important that they understand, that they, he understands what Jesus did for them, that he's the Son of God, that the work is finished, and I'm sure that you shared this with him, that he rose from the grave, and it is not about the Catholic Church. No church can save you. No priest can save you. No pope can save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you. And he is the one mediator, and you can go to Timothy first, you know, Timothy, as, as Paul writes about, you know, that we have one mediator between God and man, and that is um, the man Jesus, Christ Jesus. And, you know, those verses always point to Jesus Christ, always point to him in the finished work of the cross. And as you do that, um, then you're going to see that, um, you know, that... Um, his heart's going to be softened because apparently you said he's a good guy. Um, there is, um, you know, um, sensitivity to the things of the Lord. But John's gospel would be a really good gospel for him to see as Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And maybe share with them the things that he's reading. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it, it's so, like today we were talking um, at the end of the day, and it was, he believes that Christ uh, did the work on the cross, but that we have to earn it. Um, and I keep quite trying understand. to explain it to him, and I'm like, you can't earn it. It's like, um, I listen to Ray Comfort, how he does street evangelism, and he leads people right. through the Ten Commandments, proves to them that they've broken all of them, and then how... Um, how in a court of law it doesn't work that you no matter what you've done you've broken this right. specific law and you have to pay for that law and I've tried to lead him through that but it's and I I know that Christ. the only we can only come to the Father if there if the Father's drawing him. right um it just gets frustrating for me because I'm like oh you, you're so close like. You're so close. All you have to do is surrender to him. Like, right. And he, you know, one of the things, one of the things in that, that oftentimes I'll take people to is when they think, well, it's, you know, faith. I believe what he did for me, but I still have to earn it somehow is I take him to John chapter 20. You know, Paul said when he came to the Corinthians, I preached nothing but Jesus Christ in him crucified. And Jesus from that cross cried out, it is 
finish. I've done the work. I paid the price. That was like a big light that went on for me. That it's done. And Christianity is not based on what you do. It's based on what he did. That's where he needs to come to understanding. Keep pressing that point. What did he mean by it is finished? He did the work on the cross. He's provided forgiveness of sin. There's nothing that you can do. And then also through uh, walking through Romans, you know, that we're saved by grace alone, not by the works of the law, that that we're justified freely by his grace. Justified freely means that, freely. And as you go through uh, those chapters, particularly the doctrine of justification in chapters 3, 4, and 5, then you'll see that he's he's going to see, he's got to see what the Word of God says, that he can't earn his salvation. Book of Galatians, another book. So, hey, we're going to run out of time, but let me pray with you, Morgan. Hey, keep in touch with me. Let me know how it's going. And, Father, we just pray for Morgan, that he would be able to, his friend, to really point him to the the grace of Jesus Christ, the grace of the gospel, that we're saved by faith through grace, it's not by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. We can't earn it. And I pray for Morgan that um, that you give him the words to speak, but his friend, that you would open his eyes, soften his heart for salvation. I just pray for everyone out there that's wrestling right now with these questions about the Lord and God and is he real and what's going on, that they would come to the gospel and they would turn to you, Lord. So I thank you for today. Thank you for Morgan. For us being able to be a witness to the people linked to us in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, tomorrow Amen, night, book of, book of Jeremiah, calvarychapelgreeley.org for our lesson in that. Don't want to miss it. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.